Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Frank Benali, and you're listening to In That Number. And they lift one over the top for Danny Ings. He's in the box. Oh, on to his left. Oh, it's brilliant. Oh, it's a Thank you for listening to In That Number. I am your host, Ray Hunt. You can find me on Twitter at RayHunt84. My co-host, Kevin Milverton, at Moscow Mush. You can follow the show at Number Podcast. Subscribe, rate, review. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and if you would like to drop us a line, send us an email to InThatNumberPodcast at gmail.com. On with the show. Joining us this week, we have the pleasure of welcoming Southampton filmmaker, podcaster and huge thanks fan William Porteous to exchange his views over the Wolves game uh, and to chat through his short film, The Name. Later on, we preview our trip to Crystal Palace on Tuesday night with Harvey Jones of Red and Blue site YouTube channel. But first, my co-host, the Moscow Mesh, Kevin Ilverton. Kevin, how are you? I'm grand. Yeah, I'm actually quite glad of the weekend. It's been quite an intense week. Getting a whole month, because, uh, yeah, we didn't really do much the first few days of the year. So you're getting those two two weeks full of a month's worth of work, taking its toll. But, yeah, just having a nice, easy one, laying back, enjoying the football, Good. mostly. Yeah, mostly, yeah. It's always nice to start the show with a complete dickhead. It reminds me who's best. So, yeah, welcome. <laughs> um, and, actually, before yeah. we go into it, I just want to say happy birthday to my... Happy 18th birthday to my niece, Louise. Not sure how that's happened, really. It's making me feel really very old, Louise, but I'm waiting for the day that you invite me out for a pint, so yeah. 
Sorry, Kev, back to you. How are you? How's the week? Yeah, I'm um, <laughs> just a little bit taken aback. But um, yeah, off to the theatre tonight with Mrs. Uh, that was the New Year's present. And hopefully ends with a very productive week. How about yourself? Um, yeah, I've been off actually. Weather's been shit though because we've had like high winds and rain. I went to Winchester on Monday. Yeah. And then yesterday I took my girl to the football. The first ever game that she went to. And uh, yeah, I just want to say thank you to Kev McGee uh, for sorting my tickets out for the, for the two of us. He's a true saint, Kev. Um, yeah, I'd love to have him back on the show again. And he got me a pint too as well. So yeah, thank you, Kev, if you're listening. Nice. Yes. Right, okay, uh, let's welcome our special guest, William Porteous. Welcome, William. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. But Kev, you sound very down in the mouth, mate. You sound very low. Why, why, why could that possibly be? <laughs> is, is it just like a prerequisite? You just got to sound miserable. I'm just totally over that now. I just laugh and piss my pants about Southampton results now. See, I'd love to be at that <laughs> stage, but I don't think I ever will. I yeah, but it's not the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> well, how old are you guys? Because I'm, I'm like 38, and I feel, I feel like I'm a bit older, perhaps. I'm 35. Okay. So not much older. No. It's, yeah. It's okay. like I think you just get, you get to a certain the, age. You at the age of 35, would you laugh at results then and just like, yeah, what will be, will be? No, no, because that, that was the, three years ago, life was all right, wasn't it, being a saint? Well, was it? Actually, mm. three years? <laughs> I think it was on the turn, wasn't it? It was all going a bit pear-shaped. Yeah, yeah it was, yeah. So it was a, I was bitter. I was, I was just like going through a break. I, I think it just nearly put me through a breakdown, like all these <laughs> constant ups and downs. You never know where you are. Yeah. And you just get so despondent. You start taking it so fucking seriously and personally. Yeah. And, and now it's just like, just used to it now. You know, these results. But I'm not, I'm, I sound like a bit of a, a dour, dour little bastard, actually. But in reality, like, we've had such a good run of late. So I don't know where that came from, actually. You know, I, I said to you, Kev, during the game, that I just felt really, really sad at half time. I actually looked at the league table. So I just thought, oh. look at this. And we were ninth at one point, and I thought, this is yeah, yeah, yeah. It was immense. And I was looking upwards as well. So we're only a few points off those Europe places. Yeah. Oh, God. Everyone's getting carried away. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. John from... Um, uh, oh, just, he, yeah, he was getting very positive. He was like, you know, we, we could we... You know, are we looking at Europa or are we still concentrating on a relegation battle? I was like, oh my God, we're concentrating on a relegation battle, <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's so close. Easy, son. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I suppose when you're... I mean, all season we've been looking at that relegation battle and when you do get, you know, on a positive run and you do start picking up these points, you think, maybe we can. You know, maybe we are out of this. And then all of a sudden, boom, reality strikes again. Didn't it just? Mm. But um, anyway, before we go on to the Wolves game... I want to talk about your, your short film that you created, um, The Name. The Name, mm-hmm. Dankeschön, Dankeschön. Uh, I watched it yeah. in a week, actually, and I really enjoyed yeah. it. I laughed. That always helps. Oh, yeah, yeah, I laughed at it apart, so I wasn't sure if I was supposed to laugh at it. <laughs> I thought, this, this is great. Kev, you watched it as well, didn't you? I did, yeah. I'm glad the you laughed. Studio yeah. recreation, the FA Cup final of 76. <laughs> Brilliant, yeah. Man United wearing their famous white strip. <laughs> Love it. So I, I guess it came about because I was um, pretty desperate to get out of the city, and it sort of combined all my, my all my kind of like I don't know desires to, to get back and do some writing because I've done I've been sort of doing it on and off since I was um, I suppose sort of knee high really, so about twelve years old. But then I sort of just it threw into my twenties, but never really following through on it. And I finally sort of you know I've got a wee little 
baby girl, and it just kind of focuses the mind on what you really want to do with your life, what kind of legacy or whatever. So I just started writing, 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 and um, I knew this guy from The Archers, uh, Tim Bentink, who plays Ricky in the in the in the film, and um, I just thought, oh fuck it, you know, I'll just write a short script, he'll do it, and um, we can do it in one day. We can do it on the south coast. It'll be beautiful. You know, just going, oh, yeah, the weather will be fine. Don't worry. <laughs> and as it turned out, as you can see in the film, the weather was just absolutely stunning. Mm. Um, but, yeah, and I, I just wanted to get out of the city. So I just thought, and be creative. So it kind of worked. I scripted it probably for about sort of three months, but, you know, just back and forth tinkering with it. And um, God knows where the idea came from, though. That's another thing. I have no fucking idea where the, the idea came from. Because if, um, if you haven't seen it already... Um, in my mind, anyway, Ricky gets kidnapped and taken to the middle of the countryside and has then left a bunch of clues on how to, um, well, not how to, but like a bunch of clues in the kind of revenge side of the film. And um, it, it's quite comical. I think like a dark comedy would be probably quite accurate. Oh, I'm glad you said that because that's what I thought. And I thought, is yeah. it supposed to be a comedy? Or, or <laughs> yeah. I, but then I thought, yeah, I'd say it is. But yeah, the, 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 the IBS... Um, <laughs> 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 yeah. Especially with the Scouse accent. Yeah. Because the, the guy who played that, Tim Benting, he just came up with the uh, Scouse accent um, like a week before, and I was a bit like, oh, God, that's going to sound awful. But actually, he does it absolutely brilliantly. Mm. So Wow, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's, um, it's just one of those things. It's, it's not like actually an awful lot of dialogue for the first half of the film. So it's sort of um, him just responding to these um, clues that he gets on the phone, text messages. And um, so it's a lot of um, physical acting, which he's really got down. Um, and, it, and it, you know, it's, it, it took, it didn't actually take any effort either to direct him. He's such a natural, like he's, he's in his like 60s. He's been doing it for fucking years. Like he's been um, in the arts for like 36 years. So and, and acted on and off here and there and everywhere. So he's like a, so it's such a professional. So we just smashed through it. It was really great, and um, I think the, <laughs> the comedic aspects of it uh, work. I think they do. Yeah. Yeah. I've got ideas, twat, or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. That <laughs> was good. Um, is there any plans for another? Well, yeah. At the a moment, we do yeah, a, 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 a sequel and a prequel, and uh, <laughs> it will be set in Game of Thrones. Uh, <laughs> HBO. Yeah, right. yeah. Exactly. But. No, so I'm doing another film at the moment, um, a super, super low budget, as you can imagine, uh, a full feature, which is uh, more of a, there are zero laughs in this one, this is like um, fucking full-on drama, but it's um, partly shot in my in my flat, my cousin's house, and the local park. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, so, and it's, it's, it's sort of starring Tim Bentink again, um, and I, I'm actually going to be in it as well, so... Uh, so it's all coming, it's all coming together slowly but surely. Trying to just build contacts within the uh, industry and what have you, which is fucking hard because I my imagine, background, yeah. yeah, my background's gardening. I'm a gardener, like that. That's my thing. I, you know, you, you hear and see so many people in this industry that are like, um, they've got so many contacts and they make a short film and they can put it in front of like three or four really good people, or a, a, like an audience that will appreciate it. Freaking hell, man! I've got like a bunch of gardening friends you know mm. they're like what's the camera 
What's the camera? <laughs> you know, I guess it's so, you, yeah. know, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly mate. Exactly. But um, <laughs> it's, it's good to be creative, isn't it? You got it. You know, I'd love to. podcasting, whatever. I'd yeah. love to try. Yeah. Yeah, it's good fun. Um, actually, yeah. Tell us uh, about your your very own podcast. Yeah, that, so I've been mean, I've been doing that um on and off for about a couple of years. I I gave it up because of um, my wee little baby girl that came along and things got a little bit too intense, as you, you well know. And mm. um, uh, But it's, it's political. Uh, it's called the Limehouse Podcast. We, we sort of interviewed everyone from Nick Clegg to the late Paddy Ashdown, bless his heart, um, like um, Anna Subri, um, Clive Lewis, like all the just pretty big head honchos in the old political world. And all, I mean... Brexit, really, to be honest, and then what? Now Brexit is over. Thank. What I said. What no, did I say over, that for? Yeah. <laughs> now Brexit's over. That was a stupid thing, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're like now. Now we're talking about yeah the Labour Party and all that kind of thing. So is it, like that has taken a little bit of um, an interesting turn because apparently everything's going to be sweetness and light now, since, uh, you know, under Johnson. So that will be quite interesting to follow that. You know, mm. so but they're um. I should say, if you do actually want to see the name, the short film, there's a web, there's a website of mine, which kind of has like um, a comedy pilot on it um, and a short film, and I think a bit of the um, the podcast off on it, and it's um, SundaysAdiamonds.co.uk. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm a bit I'm a, I'm a bit hungover today, so I'm not with it. In fact, I feel like I'm going back and forth all over the shop. That's fine. Don't worry. <laughs> you know? I mean, it, we're 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 experts at that. We're we're pros. We're veterans. Yeah, I mean, honestly, this morning the only the only thing that got me over the line was was slapping on some Bruce Springsteen and just jumping oh. around with my daughter. Nice. Yeah. So like, oh, Christ Almighty, it's a big hangover today. <laughs> yeah, Kev's usually usually <laughs> the hangover one. Normally, yeah, uh, dried out by the time uh, by the time we start recording. <laughs> dried out. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Tears and booze. This is ITN In That Number News. Okay, ITN News. Uh, Let's start with the news of the dwindling possibility of incoming loan deal for Kyle Walker-Peters. You know, Valerie's still recovering, um, Cedric on the expiring list. Um, It's no secret that we're, you know, we're thin on the fullbacks. And I'm very much, well, I was very much of the opinion of doing whatever we can to bring this guy in. But obviously news has been surfaced since that he's, you know, favouring a move to Palace um, and not much has changed on that. But it does look like he's going to be making that trip from north to south London. Um, Will, where do you stand on um, on Cedric? Yeah, he, he just let, let the guy go. But I mean, it's just like, I'm, I'm done with him. You know, I mean, when he first when he first came along, as we all know, it was, it was quite exciting and he did... He's kind of useful and what have you. And I think he works sort of well to a degree um, with the press. Um, but I, I think he's, he's spent now. He's done. And yesterday's marking showed that, you know, there are a couple of instances where it was just like, oh, come on, mate. And wasn't he guilty for the penalty as well? Um, yeah, yeah. Him and, yeah. Um, him and Stevens, wasn't it? Yeah, and to be fair, like we don't really ever really give away many penalties. I mean, I can't remember the last time we won one we, that we gave away. Mm. But... Um, so it's hard though. It's really difficult because I know he's one of those players I've always wanted to kick on and do really, really well. And he does have that. Like he'll have almost perfect matches, but then, like so many of Southampton defenders, he um, he's just got a mistake in him. So I think, yeah, 
see her let go and and not be too much you know people hopefully won't be too abusive of him you know because yeah. he's still done an okay job he hasn't been brilliant or anything but um i mean i, I do we, my, my only thing would be like who, who would who would be his natural replacement and please dear god we don't go sideways we don't just get like a, a version of him okay. you know we get like someone that comes in and really makes a huge difference you know yeah i mean that's why i think we're on in the in the transfer window looking for replacements for him so I would be up for replacing him as long as it is you know a step forward like you say but you know his form was pretty poor and then he come out with a statement saying he's not going to renew his contract he wants to leave yeah. he's been playing well lately like, but the last couple of games have been he's been good some would say he's been great um, well, yeah, but he's playing for he's playing to get another contract somewhere else, isn't he? Like sure. that, that's that kind of like you know the Theo Walcott thing or whatever it is that he used to do. He used to turn up, didn't he? At um, <laughs> just when just, yeah. Yeah, just when Arsenal fans were literally fuming. Yeah. But it's um, yeah, I, I mean, it is one of those things where you go like people start going, oh, do you know, do we give him another chance and all that? You know, um, I, I just you know let's just let him go. Let's, yeah, I'm 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 with you there. I just, and the pain. Yeah. Leave it because if his if his form is going to be really patchy, let's just get somebody young that can move forward. And I'm not quite sure Valerie's the one to do that. Maybe mm. just as a backup. Oh, yeah, the Valerie question—that's such a shame, isn't it? Because you mm. just you don't kind of because everyone's confidence has taken such an absolute kicking. Yeah. Over the past two three seasons, and I you don't know where to go because people go banging on about blooding the youth and getting them in and the academy players, but. I've, I've said time and time again, I just don't think that is a, you know, you can't realistically expect academy players to come in and rescue a team from relegation, you know, it's, although... It's all right, have, it's all right when you're playing Huddersfield, uh, but yeah. <laughs> right, well, exactly, mate, you know, and there's so much potential in, in so many of our, all our players, they've got so much skill, it's just, you know, does, does anyone really want to go and play season after season in relegation battle? Uh, you know, well, no, not really, and the, I'm answering my own question there, but um, <laughs> the, the, the real thing for me was most of those players that si- signed for Saints did so thinking that they're going to be the next Sadio Mane or Virgil Van Dijk or what have you, and they have not. They didn't really see the relegation shit coming. So it's only now under Harsen people that they're starting to get their their shit together, and it's just a shame that there's no consistency at the back. Um, but that's mainly, like I said, I think it's just a mentality thing. They're just not up for the fight. Some of them. Yeah, couldn't agree more with that. Um, FA Cup, fourth-round opponents have been decided now. Uh, it is, of course, Spurs. That game will take place Saturday the 25th. That is next Saturday, isn't it? Uh, can't. Mary's, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Uh, I love a cup run, so let's do it. Yeah, I can't, yeah, I can't wait. That, though. I think that'll be it. Ooh, really? You think yeah, so? Yeah, I do, yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah, I'm not too confident about it. I, I don't know. think Saints will take that one really seriously as well. I just think they'll just they'll put everything into the Palace game. Yeah, well, I hope so. Yeah. Yes, so the African Cup of Nations, that's been moved from the summer to January, February uh, for 2021, which means that our African players won't be there for us during that period. So hopefully that does overlap with the winter break that we're supposed to have. <laughs> yeah, that's Gineppo and Bufau, isn't it, Mali and Morocco, but they still need to qualify, so, you know, yeah. it, might, yeah. it might not be a problem and anyway. They also still need to be playing for Saints next season. <laughs> well. There is that, well, yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And <laughs> um, Kevin, do you have any transfer news? Um, yes, I do have. You, you do, because, I mean, last week we, we reported some, but it's just like everything seems to be dying suddenly, like our back line. Um, 
And as soon as there's a story, it's dropped by the time of recording, and it's old news by then, and then we're linked with another poor sod, so that's <laughs> why I hate the transfer window. But yeah, if you've got any more coming in, Kev, that'll be... Oh well, yeah, hearsay and conjecture are types of evidence, I suppose. <laughs> um, but we do have a real outgoing already. Uh, Christoph Clara, he's gone out on loan to SAN St. Pilden in Austria. Yes. So yeah, he'll be there back home for the rest of the season. Uh, but yeah, other than that, nothing hugely new. Um, Joe Bryan from Fulham. Yeah. Uh, we've been linked with him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. And I've seen Again. Jean Claire Tobedo, is that? From Barcelona. Debo. Yeah, yeah, I think we, we, did we talk about him we a couple did talk of weeks about ago him before, as well. But he's attracting attention from Everton and Watford as well. So, And yeah, just to add that Shea Adams is not going to be leaving again. We've said that last no, week. So let's, leave that anyway. let's put that to bed. But yeah. A lot of love for us. Hi, I'm Matt Letizier, and thank you for listening to In That Number. Okay, so on to the Wolves game. So it was a very, <laughs> very disappointing 3-2 loss from being 2-0 up half. Classic Saints performance, really. Uh, always brings back those like sickening feelings of that Leeds game for me, when we were like 3-0 up and then ended up losing 4-3. What was that, back 2006, 2005, something like that? But yeah... Um, can't hang on to a lead. And Wolves can't seem to start right either. They've conceded the first goal in a league high 16 Premier League games this season. And that's like six in a row. So it's a handicap for them. Uh, starting 11. Uh, unchanged from the Leicester game. McCarthy, Cedric, Stevens, Bednarek, Bertrand, Armstrong, Prowsey, Hoiberg, uh, Redmond, Long and Ings. The mood was great beforehand. And I'm guessing, Will, you know, no complaints with that starting 11. Well, no. And... Um just absolutely no, no complacency. You just you completely stick with the winning formula, don't you? And to be fair, you know, you saw that you know, win, win, uh, draw, win, win. That's like the best. <laughs> if we'd won yesterday, well, that would have been our best form in what three seasons or something daft. Wow. Um, so you know, you've got to say stick with it. Right, brilliant. Don't see any problem with that. Uh, and then what transpired was Mark Hughes, you know, uh, whatever the fuck. It was just like, um, what, where did that come from? It was just so disappointing. And, like, to see us go 1-0 up, for the, when I, I saw on, on the old BBC app or whatever, um, I was just thinking, as opposed to, say, even just, like, a month ago or maybe six weeks, I was actually thinking the opposite. I was like, 1-0, brilliant. I mean, Brilliant, you know, I feel confident we could do this. 2-0, fucking hell, brilliant, you know. Yeah, what's but, going on? <laughs> yeah, but it's the same old same as at Brighton, wasn't it, either this season or last season, when we were just 2-0 up, half-time, ended up absolutely squandering it. And I think it's just, it's just a, it serves as a good reminder, as, you know, we're talking about Suarez earlier, playing for his, you know, transfer market value and all that. Um, maybe that's a cynic, cynical approach of me, but... I think it's the same with with Saints. You're like, you know, we're we're just we've got to remind ourselves that we are still pretty ropey at the back, and some of those, you know, defending options, those choices were just oh, back to normal. You know, back to square one. And I think Ralph really will be searching a little bit, and he'll have to really because whatever he's been saying to them lately to get the results that he has, he's got to now go up another level. And I mean. Oh God, that that will be tricky. But you know, no need to be negative. We've done so damn well, and we're still sure, six yeah. points from safety, aren't we? So yeah, I mean, 
it, it must have just been complacency at half time. It's just like you know, totally. Because you can't imagine his team talk would have been very, very inspiring. Being two new up after the form and the run that we're on. Oh yeah, exactly. Not much but, you I mean, can do to change things because we don't need to. No, I, and I, I think that maybe that was before. If it was, um, as we all know, football's a game of two halves. <laughs> so, and it it is though. There's, it's desperately true, and. I think it was just one of those things where maybe we did. We just looked at, we were just thinking, right, we've got this. You know, we've got this in the bag without giving uh, Wolves any due credit at all. And even in the first half, there were plenty of warning shots from Wolves. So they were definitely, you know, totally capable. And if you give a team like Wolves any chance, they're going to smash you in the face. Regardless of the fact that they've, they've literally played an entire season's worth of fixtures already, um, and yeah, we're apparently fucked. They are fucked. Yeah. We, we had we had a Wolves fan on last week, and they said that they're you know they just seem tired. They've had that replay um, against United in the cup, and they yeah. just completely dead. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they've come here and, and put up a performance like that, especially the second half. Yeah, I, I, but I'm not surprised though. You know, when, but I ah uh, I was surprised at the full retirement result. Of course, I think we all were, and 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 actually for the first time in a while, actually felt a little bit sick, a little bit heartbroken about that because had we, like I said, had we made that, that trans, you know, that, that sort of transition from whatever the fuck it was, that 9-0 to where we are now, where beating Wolves would have made it like how many games out of five, we wouldn't have lost in five and won mm. four out of those. It's, it would have been incredible. But, you know, you, you look at Wolves' form, it's been pretty ropey. Um, especially at the turn of the year, yeah. Yeah, and, and you look at their form and you go... Well, everyone's got to lose sometime. We can't keep going like this, and we're going to have to trip up sometime. And you know for a fact it's going to be at home because, like, we always dick it up at home. You know, two nil up at half time is our standard operation to fuck it up. That's mm. that's how we that's how we behave. And with, to, with chances with, to go three nil as well. Yeah, well, that you see, there you go. You know, and uh, but you know the crystal the, the palace game is could be quite interesting because we are strong away from home aren't we so Kev, going into the first half if we kind of like spit this up we do Kev can do the good and william can do the bad so. <laughs> <laughs> um first half kev um how did you see the first half um well i mean the first couple of opening salvos came from wolves um Nesso was causing us trouble almost straight away yeah. um got got them a couple of corners um, and we, we knew that key battle was whoever was going to be um, pitched up against Adama Traore, and it turned out to be Cedric. Um, he didn't do too badly, I don't think. Um, he managed to block that shot um, a few minutes before uh, the goal came. Uh, not out of nowhere, I'd say, but I think that definitely cemented our place in, in, the, in the game, as it were. Uh, we, we were the, the team to beat at that point. Yeah. And yeah, it, was a, it seems so long ago, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's a great goal when Jan Bagnarek um, he hasn't scored um, yeah, well, he hasn't scored this season, has he? Hasn't scored in ages. Um, was, it, was his goal? Was his last goal the one against Chelsea when we were also two yeah. new up? And we still, and we lost that yeah, three and two. Yeah, we lost well, that three two, if I remember. But yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, Triori's foul on Hoiberg gives us um, a free kick. And that, that bounces just quite nicely in front of Bednarek and he takes a Carms right footed shot right into the top right hand corner. Something out of Annie Danny Ings' yeah. textbook, I think. 
composed as Ings, yeah. Defending was terrible there, it has to be said. He was just unmarked at the back stick. I mean, why would you mark by Bednarek anyway? But yeah, um, Redmond down that uh, left-hand side on the first half created a few chances as well. One was that weak header from Cedric, um, if you remember. Yeah. A lovely little play down the left, a great cross into the box. And yeah, Cedric just kind of like slapped at it really, didn't he? Not really much more he could do about it. But yeah. He's had a few of those this season, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, There's been a brilliant cross and then just a, a really weak shot yeah. straight at the keeper. And then the, the second the second goal? Yeah, I mean, Armstrong had, had a shot before that, um, even. Um, but yeah, I mean, he does really, really well to keep the ball in play uh, just on the sideline, um, passed it off to Cedric. And actually, since we were taking the piss out of him uh, for saying his, his world-class crosses um, mm. that he's famous for at this club, um, he's actually produced quite a few of them, and I say this is one of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Gets to Shane Long, um, just to, yeah, takes it on the bounce, and it's a lovely low header there. Lovely header. Lovely. Header. Yeah. Yeah, and at that moment, I mean, I grabbed my little girl, and I hoisted her into the air because she was yeah, she's quite small, so I picked her up so she could see the celebrating, mm-hmm. and I said to her like, "Do you realise how rare that is?" You know. A uh, Bednarek and long goal is about as rare as an ungroped bottom at the BBC in the 1970s. <laughs> <laughs> and it was at that point that I was looking at my... Is that own. what you said to her? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just Daddy, straight. what do you mean? And it was at that point that I checked the league tables because I thought, yeah, this, nothing's going to stop us now. And what a twat. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, you can sum it up. Like, the first half was composed. We took our chances. We were smooth. Um, the second half, we were about as smooth as an Egyptian whiskey. Bloody <laughs> <laughs> um, house is hilarious. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> William, uh, how did we fuck yeah. it up so badly? Where, at what point did you see, right, that's it, that's the, that's the turning point. Wolves are going to take this. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's just, it's just a lack of... It's the combativeness. It's just the fucking concentration that drives me absolutely up the wall, you know. And and, and it's as soon as that first goal goes in, you, you know, I I I can't remember the changes, and you guys are going to have to prompt me on the changes uh, that that Ralph made. Uh, Long and um, Strong came off for Adams and Gineppo. At that point. And I, well, that was and only I, after the second goal, though. Right. Was, yeah. So I think for me, there's a problem there. I think that we didn't act quick enough. We didn't go, right, 2-1, oh, my God, you know, because it's either a plan A or plan B. Do you crack on and get that third goal? Well, do you know what? This brings back to what I've been saying all season, actually, like, that whenever we are in the lead, Ralph doesn't change the approach and the style of how we play, partly because Saints don't know how to defend the league, but Ralph always pushes on. And was this an example where we had to? We had to just sit back a little bit. No, and I make, don't. And make changes, I mean. Well, after yeah, after that first goal, maybe. But to steady the ship, that's fine. If if you if you've got the capabilities of dominating it and really passing the ball and really you know working the ball, mm. uh, moving, passing, movement, and really like you know dominating possession and, and being confident, and that's fine. If you you know you can do that. But if you can't, then what you know you're a bit fucked really. And that's kind of where Saints were really. And and for me. If you come out of the second half, you've got to go for that third goal. You've got to be killer. Killer instinct has to be absolutely primal, and it just—it wasn't there. Yeah. And 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 obviously the, def- the defending error that let the guy get between those two defenders was just—you know—that's just—it's unprofessional, you know. And and it was definitely one hundred percent a penalty. Oh, okay, um, yeah. 
Yeah, for me anyway. Yeah, um, no, I, I, thought, I mean, I was at the other end of the, of the pitch and I thought, that's, that's a great tackle. <laughs> yeah, so you were looking at it from behind, I suppose. I was at the yeah. other end. Yeah, all five goals were the yeah. other goal to me. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but clearly. It was also the marking was horrendous for the other the other two goals as well. It was, oh it, it, it was bad. Leaving was it Jimenez or whatever the fuck oh, his name I is. I mean, I'll come on to that that the Wolves third goal in a bit. But I just want to yeah. ask you, Will, like the, the the first goal that Wolves scored. I mean, because I say I was sat at the other end and I thought it was handball. Straight away, mm. I shouted, no. I said, Hambo! But, um, yeah, yeah, I just, oh. oh, okay, so it wasn't just me. Um, but it was nowhere near Hambo, was it? And I had to check. No, 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 he just bumped bumps of his head. He's like, he, yeah. passed, he could, like kicked it into his own face. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, um, but he, he shouldn't have had the space and time to be there in the first place anyway. Well, you, well, you see, there you go, you know, and it's just so bloody straightforward, especially when you go, Look. You've, this is our, you know, you've got four, one, two, drawn, one, two. It's amazing form, lads. Just keep it up. Keep remembering. Blah, blah, blah. Half-time team talk. That's all you've got to do. Mark, stay competitive. That's mm. all you've got to do. That's all you fucking got to do. Or, go gung-ho, get the third goal. Let's smash them. They're there for the taking, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It seems to me that there was neither. It was like a bit of one, bit of the other, and we just got caught napping. And, and total complacency. How a team like Southampton can afford or have any complacency is it's a bit hysterical. It's yeah. a bit sort of one of those wide open, like wide eyed sort of what? Like, yeah. do, do you know where you were like two months ago? <laughs> very, very good point there. Yeah. Um, and then moments later, we talked about the penalty. Uh, it was Johnny, wasn't it, Kevin, that raced uh, into the box. Stevens yeah. and Cedric sandwich him. Stephen doesn't get the ball. Yes, it's a penalty. Um, but again, I like I said, I, I looked at it and thought that's a good tackle. But <laughs> over the other side of the pitch. But yeah. They were saying on, on, on Match Today about this, saying that, you know, it's the ref's opinion. He's given no penalty. I don't know how he hasn't given the penalty. But why did VAR mm. take so long with this then? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't there, and frankly, VAR makes me want to vomit. So, um, <laughs> like, if you're going to introduce like, something like that, come on, road test the fuck out of it and make it absolutely spotless. Don't just, just, don't just put it in willy-nilly. And why it takes so long is because no one knows what the fuck's going on. I mean, they do, but they don't, yeah. which is pretty much like Southampton. They do and they don't. So it's just a big... Yeah, everyone's just meant to stomach it. And it's a joke because you put this technology in and you implement it correctly, everyone's sort of... It, it's going to give it 50% more chance of succeeding. At the moment, it's just, wow, it's taking the absolute hum out of the game. It's taking all the joy and energy out of it. So, yeah, sorry, Kevin. No, no, I just think if you've got that pitch side camera and it's that kind of decision where it's down to the referee to give it or not, let him go and have a look. Right, decide yeah, for himself. That's what I mean. He's got all the evidence. I mean, I've said this to you so many times before, Kev. Let the. I, I know you're not going to like the way I said it because I always do bring it up, but why doesn't it be like, like it's in America where they, the, the coaches or the managers have the, you know, the power to challenge a decision that they don't like? If they don't like yeah, a decision yeah, from the referee, then they challenge it and they look at it. The referee looks at it, nobody else. Yeah. Yeah. Someone, I'm guessing that someone like Mourinho, etc., would would use game the fuck out of that, though, wouldn't he? He'd be like yeah. very manipulative and yeah. drama and what have you. But I take your point, though. That's quite an interesting I mean, it works in, in tennis, idea. doesn't it? The players have got challenges. It works in, in cricket as well. It's a team sport. You've got. But they're, ge- they're gentlemen games, mate. Like, you know, <laughs> t- tennis is like nice people, cricket is by and large nice people, football is full of little kids with too much money. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Running around having tantrums and diving and shouting and, and what have you. So, yeah. as much as I love it, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the third goal. Um, 
Right, right there's so, so many things wrong with this. <laughs> with <laughs> Firstly, right, Traore handballed it in the build-up. He did. Mm-hmm. He touched it with his arm. Um, and, yeah. and obviously, he wasn't offside when it, when it went through, but that's, that's not, not the point. Um, five red shirts surrounding Traore and Jimenez, and we cannot deal with it. And I, I understand that Traore is a strong lad, but Bednarik didn't hold him up. He didn't stop the pass. And what the fuck was Hoiberg doing? Hoiberg yeah. and Cedric left him alone. Um, and I, I, actually, at one point, if you pause it, when Traore first touches the ball, with his feet, I mean, uh, there's no way that you can think they can, they can score from that, because it's five against two, and I like the odds. But no one's picking up Jimenez. They're just running to the ball. Bednarik was weak. Stevens was weak. Hoiberg is fucking lazy. He's got his arms in the air calling for an offside mm. that wasn't anywhere mm. near it. Wasn't playing to the whistle. J- just do your job and watch the runner. He, he's supposed to be our captain. And yeah. just awful defending. And why, why but, did VAR not pick that handball up? Yeah, but the, the, the thing with that is, is that everything you've, you've pointed out there, that's old school Saints, isn't it? And we, we have to, we just have to take this result as a positive in as much as we are not over the line yet by any stretch of the imagination. And we do, is it about buying quality in? I don't, I don't know. Because like I said, I think we've got some really good players there, but it's just the mentality. Like if you are, you know, two all, Christ, you've really fucked up from being two nil down. Do not, for Christ's sake, let, let you know, at all costs. Mm. But the the same old dread comes into these guys, isn't it? The chaos factor comes in. Their, their heads drop. Everyone's screaming. For, like, like you said, you know, Hoiberg's arm goes up for offside. It's like, mate, fucking get back there and yeah. sort your team yeah, out, you know? The ref's telling him, like, play the fuck on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? I, mean, I, I just, if you just look at the goal again, you can see how much space Jimenez has got. There's so many Saints players there. They can't, oh, it's just that, oh, it's just, it's horrible. It's sickening. I share your pain, mate. I've, I've watched it on match today and I, I just, that was just so reminiscent of, of I mean, Every, I'd love to know the stats on how many times we've lost from winning positions and at, at least yeah. three two. Like and and you, when it got to all, you're like, well, yeah, of course we're going to lose it now. I mean, yeah, you know. there was no part of me that thought we were going to get a point out of this all, all three. Yeah, it was only yeah. going to go one way. That must you must have felt quite sad about that because, like, you know, the, the recent run of form we've had and to be there as well and and you know have your daughter there and be like, oh, well, you know, this is great. Saints are back on form now. We're back firing and this is the way, you know, this is how, yeah. we, this is how it used to be. <laughs> great time to be here, yeah. But yeah. You know, the sad thing about this game as well is that Nuno's going to go out looking like a genius for his, like, halftime team talk. But in fact, right. Wolves have got Saints defence to thank for it, really. Absolutely. 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 Kevin, anything to add yes. on that goal? I've got a few things to add. Um, if you want the stat, since the beginning of last season, we've dropped 42 points from leading positions in the oh, league. My goodness. Hell. My goodness. That's mental. Yeah. That's the equivalent of being totally safe, isn't it? That's yeah. like 40 odd points is like the equivalent. Oh, that's, that's crazy. Bit, yeah, that's, that's terrific. Yeah. You'd think but, that um, Ralph would be the man to kick that out, but it, it's just continued. Well, he he has he's done so well though. Like mm. he has done, he's done. He's really like taken us from a, and it and it is. You can't just expect you can't just expect him to just wave a magic wand. And like remember under Cumin, we had pretty disastrous runs, didn't we? Oh yeah. And and I, I think that he's a complete he's a different guy to Ralph. I mean to um Ronald the Ronald the Donalds um Cumin. <laughs> but I, you know it's um, it's just one of those it's just one of a journey, and I it's it's going to take time and. He sure. still hasn't got the players he wants. I mean, that guaranteed, like he's still like fucking hell. I've got, I've managed to get like a variant of like 
Tesco's own cheddar out of this, but what I really want is like <laughs> I, I, I want the, the, the proper deal. I want, I want Cathedral the, City. The Cathedral City, and I'm extra gonna get it. Mature. Yeah, <laughs> extra mature. You just have to wait a bit, a little bit longer for that fuller taste. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what we said before um, the match when we were doing our preview was that yeah, the man to watch Adama Traore. He's a fucking handful. Mm, um, yeah the best of times and if you can control him then we can control the game and they didn't really make many inroads in the first half but um, uh, he moved sort of more through the middle in the second half and yeah and you got left up with with Neto and Jimenez there um, against our back line and you think like and we did say this the man you want to put on him is Oriol Romeo because you know he's just going to hack him down so I mean, you think if, if Ralph wanted to sit on it, he could have just um, brought on Romeo at half-time and said, look, you know, mark that big fucker over there. And we'd have been fine, because it was him that was causing all the problems um, in the build-up for every single one of their goals. Yeah, but at that point, didn't he... Yeah, that was 2-2, wasn't it, at that point? And he decided to take Redmond off and bring Bufau on. So he too late, then. Yeah, but he must have thought that we were going to win this game. Oh, that's wow. maddening. It's just it's let it slip. I mean, if if um if he'd made that change before we conceded the goal, you know, we wouldn't be firefighting and trying to go, you know, balls to the wall to try and um get the lead in it. But yeah, the changes he did make, they were too late, um, a bit too aggressive and ballsy, I think, and it's a gambit that did pay off in the end. That's well, the, those, those are the changes you make at half time to, to 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 say to the to Wolves, right? We're going for your jugular. And you, and yeah, you make it count. Yeah, you know, three. You make it three. You know, you're looking for three or four goals, and you you have a combative like sense of how you're going to go about doing that. You don't just chuck on a player and go, "We're going to get a third goal just because we put another attacking player on." This is how we're going to do it. You know, this is our plan. It just it just stank of zero like plan. Like for my money, anyway. I just think you know, you go two two one down. Like I said earlier, you, you definitely you go you have to make your mind up. You can't just, just do this twisting nonsense and just like, oh, stick or twist, roll the dice. Oh, oh, oh. You know, yeah. where's the fucking plan? Yeah, it seems like that would that would have been the case whatever the score at that point. Those players were going to come on, whoever we were playing, whatever the score would be, that's yeah. my plan yeah. always. Uh-huh. Bring Gianepo Back in, bring Adam yeah. yeah, just like you know after the 60th minute mark or something, whatever the situation, those players are going to come on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no 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 plan B. That was it. We lost three two after the uh, six minutes added on time and it felt like that Rui Patricio was actually time wasting for about six minutes anyway. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you catch the little pitch invasion? Oh I did, yeah. yeah. There was a little nipper that ran on. I don't know if you saw that on, on your feed, William, but there was a little nipper that ran onto the field and in <laughs> added on time. Um <laughs> and I think it was Bufau, wasn't it, Kev, that ushered him off. That's right. yeah. And then, yeah, uh, quite politely. <laughs> yeah, he did it. He did it. He did it nicely. And then the security guy kind of like put his arms around him when he got off Blimey. the pitch. And the dad comes running over and he starts pushing the security guard and everyone's crowded <laughs> around. I thought, fucking hell. And Saints are on attack at this point. And I'm, I'm like, well, we're three two down and deep into stoppage time. And I'm watching the stewards have a punch up down there. I'm not, not looking at Gineppo on the ball or anything. But yeah, yeah. both comes to nothing. So yeah, yeah. Kev, um, have All you got right. the stats for me? Yep. Um, so yeah, 53% possession to their 47. Um, it was all roughly even at half time. Um, 10 or 11, according to different sources, shots to their <laughs> eight. Um, 
10 or 11? Yeah. Discuss that. Well, I'm, I've looked at different sources. Um, BBC says one thing, Sky says another, um, Who Squad says a third one. Was it maybe um, a shot that went out for a throw-in or something? They thought, no, it was probably a cross. Let's not count that. Um, yeah, doesn't really matter uh, either way, I suppose. Um, eight, eight of their shots, and they were evenly distributed between um, both times as well. Five in the first and four in, four in the first for them. Um, but yeah, our shots on target, uh, four of our five came in the first half, and uh, three of their four came in the second half for them. Yeah, well, that's just it, isn't it? That just tells us the story completely, doesn't it? It's mm. so, yeah, we're still getting the shots in, but just, yeah, Not uh, nothing really worthwhile. And yeah. Um, yeah, one corner to the three. And Hassan Hooper came out and gave a Marty style interview afterwards, blaming the referee and VAR or whatever. Mm. But, I mean, it was our own undoing, really, wasn't it? It certainly was, yeah. yeah. I mean, you can blame VAR all you want, but that, that defend, defending, especially for that third goal, was just criminal. So, mm-hmm. just move on from that one. Um, man of the match for you, William. Oh God, I think well for me from the from what I watched, I'd say Nathan Redmond just because of his um, his his work in the first half and some of some of the second. Mm-hmm. Like I think he's he's been in in and out of form the whole season. But I think you know for me, yeah, Nathan, the, the Nathan Redmond. I mean, he nearly scored an absolute freaking screamer, didn't he? Oh, the, when um, he raised the crossbar, yeah. yeah, and I mean that that would have been a, a a game changer, life changer, yeah. maybe. I don't know. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree with you. I think I've I, I, I've given it to Redmond. I think Long needs yeah. a little bit of a shout as well, but I, I give yeah, it to bless Redmond. him for scoring a scoring a goal. Yeah, he did it. But yeah, I think Redmond seemed more direct yesterday. I think he was creating yeah. more. He was and he was actually taking players on and beating them. Well, that was yeah. That's my thought on the yeah. on the highlights package on on, on match of the day. Is like he doesn't just do you know what I mean? He doesn't just do fancy tricks, stops, passes sideways. His fancy tricks beat the player, got across in, you know. Yeah, and I think a lot of his work would go unnoticed yesterday. Yeah, well. there was a lot he did. He did uh, a lot. Yeah, and Kevin, for you. Well, yeah, you say credit should go to Shane Long. I'm going to give him another match because um, yeah, I fucking love the guy and <laughs> goal after yeah. that such a way. Um, should shut up some of the haters because um, yeah, he's one of the hardest working players we've got. Yeah. And in that second half, I don't think he was culpable for the last. Um, that Absolutely was just not, a, no. you know, defensive gaps. So Shano all the way. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I just want to say you know to close this match off. Like, Wolves are a good side, uh, and we collapsed in the second half. Yeah, but we were unlucky with the third one, and you know could have had a handball in that sense. Um, it does seem like the fan base have gone into full-blown panic mode again over you know one bad performance, yeah, but you know, it's going to happen with us, isn't it? We are going to lose games, and Stevens' his turnaround has been remarkable, and then fans are crapping on him already, saying that you know he needs to get a new centre back in, replace him <laughs> straight away, straight away. Um, yeah, but we have some winnable games coming up, and it has to start with Palace on Tuesday. Um, I think you know we've got Liverpool after that, so forget them, but give them a good fucking game anyway. And home to Burnley and Villa. Away to West Ham, back home to Newcastle. We've got Norwich again, I think, straight after that. And aside from a Liverpool one, you'd expect us to pick points up. But we have to take care yeah. of home form. That's some tasty fixtures, though, yeah. isn't it? Very tasty. Absolutely, yeah. So it's not, yeah. All, not all bad. Yeah, I and mean, we need, what, 10, 12 points out of that um, just to stay up and then kick on from there. We just can't lose the home games. Yeah. No. We just need to pick up. I mean, 
yeah, as I said, all there, Burnley Villa, you know, Newcastle, Norwich away, aren't we? So yeah, we, we, we need to take say so we need to take all the all the points there, but just don't lose at home. Well, we just got to find the, the inspiration again because I think the inspiration we got so many great uh, results against the bigger teams was that we were playing the bigger teams and and okay, Wolves, uh, well, you wouldn't they're, they're kind of like a bit of both, aren't they? The mid table yeah. punching as well, and and you know these teams now that are around us, they're for me for my money, they're the more exciting matches because they're you know imminently winnable, but. Whether or not the, the, the players see that as exciting and ex- exotic, like, you know, yeah, right, you know, it's yeah. like, you know, like it's like you said, fuck me, if we get ten points from all that, what, does that take us up to thirty-eight points near pretty much safe safety? So, God, you know, yeah, imagine, imagine that, yeah, by like end of March we're almost safe. That would be incredible. Oh God, it would be nice to just see out the season, just to see it out, just see what we can do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Saying that, I mean, the bottom half of the table is very tightly packed. Bournemouth and Villa on 20 and 22 points, respectively. So I think, you know, 38, 40, that might not even be enough to keep us out of it. Yeah, 41, I reckon. Yeah, thanks, Kev. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, just so, you know, they don't start resting on their laurels. Let's not start sucking each other's dicks quite yet. (laughs) (laughs) Like it, Kev. In the dressing room, they're just all going down each other, isn't it? Is that, is that why we lost like, yesterday? The semen was ex- um, expelled. Too much semen was expelled. <laughs> we, we were just too excited oh. about yeah. the time. Oh, we were God. just fucking just, too much at half you, time. You have just put a really, really bad image in my head now. I can't get rid of it. <laughs> uh, all right. Oh, right, OK, we're going to um, go on to the questions. Um... <laughs> Once you've calmed down, Kev. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, Will. If, if, if if we're going down that road, man, I wish Jackson Pella was still around because <laughs> I'd be busting down that dressing room door. <laughs> uh, this is not how I thought this would go today. Going down to the interesting choice of words as well. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's a double meaning. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh. Right, anyway, uh, Will, would you rather wear a Pompey shirt every day for five years or sleep in, or sleep in a haunted house for ten? I'd probably... Fuck it, I'll go with the Pompey shirt, I'm sorry, but... Well, I mean, it depends how haunted it is. I mean, Very what are we talking yeah. here? Like, the ghost of, like, I don't know, like, some terrible politician's soul or something, or like, you know... Oh, even worse, Former yeah. Pompey players. Yeah, or... Former Pompey players. Oh, and God, like... Got, um, yeah, John Bar Westwood as your uh, your butler. <laughs> your butler yeah. Ringing that bell. <laughs> Jimmy Stabble reading your bedtime story. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, yeah, it's definitely Pompey. I'm afraid the, uh, the Pompey shirt every day for five years. I don't know, man. I mean, do I get to wash it? Or is it just yeah, you can wash it. On? You can wash oh, it. Oh, and we've always we've always said, yeah, put it inside out, put a jumper on over the top, put a coat on or something like that, and yeah. No, that's fine. I'll go with that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I did too. The, so. the, the psychological damage of being in a haunted house for ten years, you know, is 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 going to outweigh um, a five, five year spell of, of wearing basically the cheap yeah. synthetic piece of shit. And you know, club <laughs> And to be with that fucker with the bow as well, it wouldn't really. <laughs> yeah. Oh, bless him. <laughs> oh, he he has a really interesting. Uh, yeah, he's got a bookshop in Petersfield that was on the news this week. It was completely mental. Yeah. It, it oh, actually, news, I heard it? about this. Didn't someone ask him if Southampton fans are welcome in his shop? And he said, everybody's welcome. 
I thought, oh. fuck right off, would you mean that? I mean, if someone turned up in a Saint shade, kick him out, surely. No, yeah, really? Out of a bookshop? God, I'd love that. <laughs> I'd love to record right, that. With a fistful of tennis. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so you have the choice of being twice the height of Yannick Vestergaard or half the height of Cedric Suarez. I was thinking I'd probably rather be was it half the half the size of Cedric Suarez? Yeah. Yeah. I think I prefer that because that means you could crawl inside people's pockets <laughs> or luggage and go anywhere you liked. Um interesting. Yeah, and because yeah, if if you <laughs> if I was like ninety foot tall, like double the size of Estegard, jeez, I mean maybe I could get a really good job in the um, what's it, the NBA, or whatever it's yeah, called. Yeah, I've said that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, but then I do like travelling, so I'd probably go half the size of Suarez. And plus, it would be easier to go down on Pella. Exactly, <laughs> and, but I think you'd still need a ladder. To be fair, I <laughs> think yeah. But Suarez would need a fucking ladder anyway, like <laughs> even if you know, regardless of like, his height deficiency. So, yeah, <laughs> you'd never play for a train ticket in your life. Yeah, <laughs> it would be pretty terrifying. Like you know, the fucking bag of chips down on Brighton Pier, like you know, the seagulls hanging around. They might go after him and pick him up and take him away. So, <laughs> a bit worried. Okay, so yeah, we do love a good fan chant down here in that number. So what's your favourite chant at St Mary's? God, fucking hell. My, can, I, can I do the most hideous one I ever heard? Yeah, um, sure. Which made me laugh, made my wife laugh, but in a bad way. It's like, um, it was a man, there was one female Man City fan in the, in the way end, and we were right next to them in the itching stand, and the guys behind us started chanting, she's got chlamydia. She's got chlamydia. She's got chlamydia. And I literally just head in hands. Like, just so fucking embarrassing. And like, oh, it was hysterical. Um, another one. Uh, it, it wasn't so much a chant, the other one. The, ne- the next one was, uh, it was Norwich at home years ago, like about four or five years ago. We won 3 0. It was like the first or second home game of the season. And there was a guy next to us who stank of BO, just horrendous BO. And he, he was doing to the away fans. He turned his hand like he was doing like it, it, I don't know what you call it, like an upside down wave, as if like t- saying that they were scared and they were running oh, yeah, away. Oh yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Right, but he kept on doing it. <laughs> I am like telling you, like literally for the whole fucking game, he was doing it to the away fans. And his mum said, "Oh, he's a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> he does it all the time, and he's a fucking cunt." And we were like, okay, right, fine. <laughs> Um, and then there was another one away at Arsenal where these, this guy behind me just wouldn't shut up about um, the Arsenal fans being on their mobile phones. Um, Put your phone away. Put your phone away. Like, constant for the entire game. Oh, God. Sounds like you, you picked your seats really badly. Badly, but you, you, you just get a run of them, don't you? Yeah. Depending on where you sit. And I, at the half time, I turned around to see what this guy looked like, and he was like a fucking seventeen-year-old boy, and he just wouldn't shut the hu- the hell up. He was like the whole fucking match. Put your phone away. You're on your phone, mate. Just watch the match. Like you're missing the actual <laughs> football, you know. <laughs> but but chance, I don't know. Really, 
I, there's some like you know like you know when we're really dicking a team and like the, the no um, I don't know that what's that yeah <laughs> when we when we used to and you'd, you'd hear like a Paha's uh, chant or something like that or an old school Latiz chant I used to, I love that you know it's yeah. very rare now isn't it it is yeah you don't I don't hear any of that wow. yeah. Oh, shame. It is a shame, yeah. Yes. Okay, so I did put, when you were on uh, Matt Markstone's uh, Southampton Delivery podcast, I did put the question to you, do you have any pirate names for uh, players? So yeah. Sort of put you on the spot. Uh, so, yeah, giving you a little bit of time to think of it. Have you got any... Uh... <laughs> you know, the amount of time I've been, I still cannot fucking think <laughs> of one. It's so bad, no. isn't it? Primarily because, like, I don't... I Maybe, like, a Simpsons character, maybe, I could think of something, but, I, like, I don't know... Like long, long John Romeo or something like. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, because yeah. he. I've got um, a, um, a skeleton squad already. Oh, if you need a little bit of inspiration. Oh, yeah, uh, go well, on. I'm short on, a, short on a few positions, so maybe you can help me out. Okay. Um, so in goal, we've got Alex Maharty. <laughs> oh, well done, mate. That's brilliant. You've got a team, right? You've got an eleven. Mm, I'm short of an eleven, so I need you to help me out. Wow. Um, then, yeah, in the defence, I've got uh, Jack Sparrow fucking Stevens. Great. Um, on midfield, um, yeah, on the left, I've got Nathan Redbeard. <laughs> uh, on the right, Stuart Armstrong. Oh, God. I wondered how many times <laughs> that was going to come up. I think one of the players doesn't even need a pirate nickname. Doesn't Willie Smallbones sound like a, um, a pirate name? That's true. Willie Smallbone also sounds like a porn name as well. An unfortunate, rather modest porn star. Get, get the bluffer in. What's his name? Willie Smallbone. He's not going to do. He's not going to do much damage. Don't worry. <laughs> Why is he called that? He fell down the stairs. It ended badly. <laughs> uh, go for uh, Willie Scullin Smallbone. No, I just keep it as it is. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, and uh, Pierre Emile, Ahoy Bear! Oh, oh yes, that's a good that's one. Great. That's yeah. great. Yeah, I got uh, it. Up front, I've got Shane Long, John Silver. Mm. Yeah, there we go. There it is. Uh, we're short of a couple of fullbacks. Um, yeah, but yeah that's a bit like Ralph Hart. Yeah, a bit like Ralph. Yeah, yeah I don't, I don't, I'm useless with puns and names oh, like that. No, you've, done, you've done very well, Kevin. They're very funny, very amusing. This is, this is his bread but, and butter. He does this all yeah. the time, and he makes it. Oh, yeah, I love this. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't really know anything about football. I'm just in it for this. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, if we could give them nicknames, like what would you call oh, Cedric? El Bastardo. <laughs> El Bastardo. <laughs> Trans- little transfer ferret. <laughs> the transfer ferret. Um, yeah. I do have a joke, though. Yeah. Um, okay. How did the pirate become a boxing champion so fast? Go on. Because nobody <laughs> was ready to take on his right hook. <laughs> hey, that was good. That, hey. That's very good. Yeah. You know. Yeah, devil on the right hook. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. What's your day job again? God, I had the worst dodgy pint yesterday in the pub. Oh, really? What pub was it? Oh, it's my local down in Sydenham, the Dolphin, and it's, it's actually about, it's a nice pub, but fucking hell do they fuck up their barrels. So frustrating. What are you and doing? You keep, and yet you keep going back. And yet I keep going back, you know? <laughs> I'm, I'm a fool. The prostitutes are really cheap, so it's like, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oops. Um, yeah. Sticks of the scotch and bag up. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on, William. It has been a real Respect. pleasure. 
It's been brilliant. Been, uh, I've been looking yeah, forward to you coming on for ages. For obvious great, reasons. It's, only, it's only been mildly agonising talking about wolves. It's yeah. just a shame. That, it's just a shame that we couldn't, like you know, they couldn't do, get us get us over the line, and we could all be a little bit happier, right? But never yeah. mind. I think I think we made it. We made it quite a happy episode. Yeah, yeah, we did. We laughed and joked. Yeah. It's like the sound of music on New Year's Day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, I, I did enjoy the film. Um, best of luck with any future projects. I will yeah. be checking them out. Thanks, and, and, and your podcast the, as well. Yeah, the, well, the podcast is on the wane, but the website for all the um, the movies and the films and the fun is um, SundaysAdiamonds.co.uk. That comes from a Tom Petty song, by the way. Oh, okay. Um, I'm not a cheesy wanker. Well, I am a cheesy yeah. wanker. Yeah, um, I do like a bit yeah. of pay. It's fine. Excellent. Yeah, the link's on your Twitter as well, so, um, yeah, I can type mm. straight through to this. Great. Yeah, that's great. You're in there. All I have to do is uh, click on the description of the episode and I'll be sent straight on through. Cool. Perfect. Cool, brilliant. I've got a changing room hard on. I'm going to find Yeah. Thanks so much, yeah, guys. Yeah, Cheers, Will. Look, look Cheers. after up yourselves. Saints, you too, mate. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Joining us now, we have Crystal Palace fan and creator of Red and Blue site YouTube channel, Harvey Jones, to help us preview our trip to Selhurst Park on Tuesday night. Welcome, Harvey. Thank you very much, mate. Thank you for having me. Well, no, thank you. Thank you for coming on, you know, and, and we gave you such short notice and... You know, no worries. But yeah, to come on, all out. Yes, certainly is. Um, firstly, can you tell us about the site and you know and the content that you produce for Crystal Palace in general? Yeah, of course. Um, so it all, all started really when I was at university. Um, started up a channel. I was doing sports journalism at university, so it was a, it was a way for me to kind of interact with other fans, um, practice like some of my writing, and then also the YouTube channel I started whilst at uni just to really improve like confidence in front of in, in, ca- in front of uh, camera in public, um, things like that. It's all just to hone skills really. Um, the YouTube channel especially started doing really well. I think mainly because no one at that point was really doing anything. Um, YouTube-based with Palace. There was a lot of podcasts that I listened to and really liked. There were a lot of fan sites as well, but nothing really YouTube or video-based. So I think a lot, especially younger fans, really interacted well with it. And I wasn't planning on doing it much longer than a university, but since uh, I've left, there's been a lot more support and um, and yeah, and people are really enjoying it. So I do a range of stuff, um, mainly vlogs um, at when I go to the games, um, but also previews, reviews, transfer news, and things like that in the winter and summer months. Um, and it's just yeah, everything Palace really. And obviously, when we are play other teams, I try and um, bring a lot more information on other teams as well. Get a bit more interaction with opposition fans too. So yeah, it is, and now we're here. Here today, two and a half thousand subs on my YouTube, and um, wow. a few people still getting in touch on on um, online as well. So yeah, it's going really well. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, I I checked out your your few of your videos when I was looking for a Palace fan to come on, and I was very impressed. And you say about that confidence thing, trying to get the confidence around the camera, but yeah, that was that, that's what attracted me straight away. I was like, this guy looks like he knows what he's talking about. So I thought, oh, yeah, let's, let's get in contact <laughs> with him. Right. Um. Okay, we'll get, we'll get straight into it. Uh, what's the current mood like around the club this season? Because, I mean, you're, you're currently sitting, what, in ninth? Um, yep. Just sitting in ninth. 
just bought in Tosson from yeah from Everton on loan. Yeah, so what's the mood like? And is there any uh, transfer plans this window? I'd say throughout most of the fan base is is very positive. Um, there are a couple of fans who still worry about the, the the style of football. I'd say and the way we do play at times under Roy, and I'm sure we'll get onto that in a minute. But um, it, it, all in all, very positive. I mean, we're so used to having poor starts to seasons. I think it was only um, season uh, last season when we played you early on in the season. I remember Mark Bright was still in charge, and you got that away win. I think it was your first away win. Yeah. God knows how long. <laughs> and we were awful, and now that, that was a really poor start to the season for us, and we instantly were in a relegation battle and it was only really this January onwards we got out of it and that's normally how Palace play every season we have poor starts and finish very strongly um, so it's nice for once to start well and to look solid and keep getting points on the board we've never really got sucked into that relegation battle which has been impressive for us um, and really you look at the table we're only five points off fifth so wow, there yeah. really is a chance there yeah exactly. there's really a chance there if we you know very strategic in this window and do sign well because we do need signings we're still very light at, at full backs position and uh, up front as well we are still light in those areas if we sign the right players and do the right things in this window we I'm not going to jinx anything but <laughs> the way we're playing right now we can definitely grind out points and potentially could have an amazing end to the season but um, don't want to get too carried away but I'd say all in all very very positive season so far and um, very happy amongst the fan base yeah, I mean, and going off of that, I just want to talk about Roy Hodgson. Um, I don't mean any disrespect here, but looking at your squad on paper, like you say, it does look quite thin. Um, yeah. It doesn't have, that, <laughs> doesn't have that depth, and there's not many players that can come off the bench that can make an impact. But it does make what Hodgson is doing. I think it's more impressive. Um, mm. They strike me as a club that you know always performs better than most people predict. Is that, I mean, is that fair to say? Oh yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. I think we 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 pride ourselves on being the underdogs. I think it's a good way of putting it. I think we we love a, a sort of comeback uh, story or you know being down and out and then fighting our way back into games, things like that. We seem to do very well in. Um, yeah, you're right. I think we have been unlucky with injuries. To be fair, We're, we've still got I think ten first team players out injured, and, and over Christmas we lost most of those. Yeah, so it's been tricky, and that's why he's had not many options off the bench. Roy, I mean, he's had three. We've had three youngsters on the bench for the last couple of months yeah, now. Yeah, um, I was looking at that um, the bench from the Arsenal game last week, and I thought, correct, there's no one out mm. there that can you know that's really going to come on and take the game by the scruff of the neck. There, so basically, what you've got. Is there was those eleven on the field? Pretty much, yeah. And so, obviously, it would be like almost like new signings when some of these players come back. I mean, Townsend's been out for about two months. Mm. Uh, Jeffrey Schlupp about a month and a half. Those are two big players in the first sure. eleven. Um, then, obviously, the Fen Sacco's been in and out the team, injured at centre back. You've had Scott Dan, who's a rotation player, but vital in terms of in, in the winter months, the Christmas period, having a player like that is really important. And he's very reliable as well, so we've missed him. I mean, at fullback, uh, Van Arnholt has been injured for a large part. Uh, Gerald Ward as well, our, our only right back in the squad, who got injured. So Keddie's had to play out right out position in right back. So you know we've had we've been, and it makes it as you said even more impressive. I think that Roy's been able to yeah. grind out draws against teams around us and teams above us as well. Getting a point against Arsenal is you know you can take a point against Arsenal. It doesn't matter how well or poor you, you, yeah. you play. Um, so I've, yeah, it's been very impressive. I think the way we've dealt. With with the injuries, it's all about now signing the right players to to cover those positions that we're light in, and um, hoping that our you know our medical team can get those players back 
quickly because uh, there's a few players I think running on empty right now, uh, understandably, uh, and we just need to manage that situation well. Yeah, you say you're light at right back or full back, whatever. We we both are on that, and I think we're both yes. battling out for um, Kyle Walker Peters at the moment. But yeah, interesting that my money's, <laughs> my money's on Palace. I think I, I, I did hear that it, it looked like you. I think there were links, um, as you mentioned, Southampton and Palace. I think were the two main teams in the interim. I think a couple of others as well. I hear that he, he's favouring the move um, to Palace as it stands at the moment, but you don't really know how things are going to go until you know you see him actually at the ground doing a medical. Cool, I think it's until last minute you never know how things are going to go but um, yeah I think we're both in that position as you said that right back's crucial at the moment as a signing um, and especially for Palace I think since wan left we haven't really brought anyone in to replace him he's um, fantastic and that's by the way just this uh, season he's uh, been absolutely fantastic I think even watching him at United I just can't help but love him it's just something about an academy player coming through obviously you guys have yeah. had plenty of the academy players come through your ranks and uh, yeah I think it's, um, it's something about seeing a player that's you know been there since a young age at your club and coming through is special um, with that revolving doors atmosphere at the club uh, with all the injuries uh, have there been any players that have taken the opportunity and been a, a real standout performer this season I think that uh, most Palace fans would agree that the standout performer has to be Jordan Ayer this season um, so far um, I think that he was obviously on loan with us last year and was pretty average at best, I have to say. Um, he, and I think you can compare that with the effort he put in, but he really looked like, I mean, the back line really looked like scoring um, and he can't score. But since he signed in the summer for a steal, I think it's rumoured about two and a half, three million was the most we paid for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's returned with, uh, I think it's six um, Premier League goals now. It doesn't sound like a lot, but... They've been crucial goals. Uh, a, a goal to go one new up against Man United, or a 90, 90th minute winner against West Ham. He's yeah. been scoring crucial goals and been standout performer. Absolutely, um, Jordan Ayew has been so impressive this season, and he's um, definitely um, gone up a level since last season. Oh, that does surprise me. I thought you were going to say Zaha because as, did I read recently that he became the club's top scorer in the t- in top flight history? Uh, yeah, that is true. I mean, Zaha, is, I think it's just a given though that he will always yeah, be yeah. the standout player in the team. I think what I, I found it more impressive seeing Ayew from. I, I really didn't. I really was a bit uh, unsure about signing him permanently in the summer. I think he's proved everyone wrong with the way he's played. He's really taken everyone by surprise. So, Ha, you, you know he's an absolute well-beater yeah. on his day, and he's everyone loves him. And he's, he's, I've always said it, he's the best player in the club's history. I rate him higher than Ian Wright wow. when he was at Palace. I, I honestly, and, I, and most fans would would definitely um, debate that. I think that. Ian Wright or, or Wilfred Zaha is the greatest player to play for Crystal Palace. Um, so it goes without saying that he's obviously a standout player. But uh, when Jordan Ayew comes through, um, comes through clutch in so many games this season, you can't you can't help but uh, applaud him and commend him for it. So, yeah. What about the the other side? Is there anyone that's been a bit of a disappointment this season? Um, I think it's it's tricky to, that one, but especially when you're in such a good position. I think everyone's really pulled through, as I mentioned, with the injuries. Um, everyone's had to kind of step up their game, and it's very hard to critique anyone in particular. I do think that. Max Meyer, I know he's not really been in the team um, consistently. He's been very in and out, and he's most of the games Rory's put him on the bench and hasn't really got a proper run in the starting eleven. Uh, to be fair, he's had a run in, in over the Christmas period, but um, I think he came with a lot of hype on a free transfer from Schalke. Obviously, German 
uh, a German golden boy, obviously, in his younger years, under-21 European champion for Germany, and he had a great couple of years with Schalke as well um, before he left. I think a lot of people at Palace were expecting a bit more from him. He hasn't really contributed in the way we would have hoped, but it's definitely there to see his talent. I think he's, apart from Zaha, he's the only player really in the team who can take the ball on the half turn have really close control and take on a man and spray a pass out wide or forward and pass. Not many players in our midfield do that. So that you can clearly see the talent he's got. It's just, I think he, we've been hoping spark to happen and kick on and it's just not come yet. So um, a bit disappointed. I'd say he's been probably underachieving because of his talent, but I'm tough for him, you know. I think that he's been very much in and out. Um, right, uh, goals at the start of the season... What were they, and have they changed at all? Uh, the goal at the start of the season, um, staying up. Uh, I, oh, don't, wow. I don't care how <laughs> I don't care how strong or how weak our team looks. It's always my first thought is stay up. Um, same as us, really, mate. Same as us. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, honestly, I know, I know, Alice. I know that they can. You can have so much promise, and you can look so good as, as a, a squad on paper. But they, they can always find a way to let you down. I've, I've experienced that over the years. So, I'll always first and foremost, make sure you stay up. But as the season's gone, obviously, I think the the long term aim has always been to try and establish ourselves as a, like a top ten team. I think that has been the long term aim, aim at the club. Not nothing too major. Just try and make those small steps, small targets. So staying up for a few years, uh, and then looking forward to maybe being mid-table, and then trying to get top ten. And then obviously it's so hard to break into the top six or seven with the money in the game. You've got to have a really, really good season and uh, take your chances. Uh, but I think definitely the goal this season, since well after the amazing start we've had, is to just definitely finish top ten. Anything more than that is incredible really um, so we're, we're hitting the targets right now can't really complain uh, with anything we're, we're doing very well good that is good yeah I like that so you, you know you, you start you set your goal up just to stay up and now you're you're already like saying yeah. you're quite happy through the season we can probably make top 10 I don't even I still, sure. I mean, me I, I still think that Saints are in a relegation battle. Well, anyone can get sucked in. It's still so tight, isn't it? I mean, yeah. you never know. A few weeks and uh, everything can change. I mean, there are a lot of fans that I know from Palace's point of view are, are, are disappointed that that appears to be the way the club and a lot of the fans view things. Like, yeah. they, there's a lot of fans, especially on social media, who say we should be doing, we should be like looking forward, we should be trying to achieve more. From Stoke City in the past, where you can get carried away with trying to push on and trying to get get forward so much in terms of that you end up getting um, stuck in relegation battle all of a sudden and then get relegated. So you've got to manage it. Uh, what sort of game can we expect? Because I mean, me and Kevin were at the home game just just after Christmas, wasn't it? Um, Sorry, yeah. And it has to be That's said, right. it was a bit of a boring game. Uh, well worked goal from you. That Tompkins goal from the free kick it looked like come off the training ground. That was a good one. Um, but it didn't look like that we were going to find the equaliser at one point, nor did it appear that Palace were going to be able to double the lead. Gianepo uh, yeah. came off the bench, and I thought we could, we could have won the game from there, if I'm being honest. Um, but, no, I agree, he was game-changer. Yeah, um, but at this stage and time, it appears that we're quite both evenly matched. Um, yeah, I'd agree with that. I agree, especially the form you've been on since, obviously, that, that Leicester game. I think since then, you've, yeah. you've, you're, you've played very, very well. Uh, I, yeah, I agree. I think that this game is never. I don't think it's going to be a classic. Let's put it that way. I think it will be a, a pretty boring game um, for the neutral and for, probably for the home and away fans as well. Um, I can see Roy setting up how he always t- tends to set up. He likes to sit 
I wouldn't say deep, but he likes to let the opposition have the ball uh, and let Palace just, yeah, just yeah, like yeah, build, yeah. Across one striker press. Obviously, when when the opposition get into our half, to then really go on the press um, and look to counter attack. I think that is the way that um, we set up. But obviously, I know that you guys under Hasanuto, he loves he loves to press and to put yeah. teams under pressure, high up the pitch. Um, I, I really like that sort of style of play. It, it, it re- pressing is so good at getting the fans off their seats and starting getting you know an atmosphere going. I think it's great. Um, I, I think it, it could be it could be a, a game that we see. I, I, we haven't scored many goals this season. I think it's 22 goals in all, in all season we've scored. Not not a lot at all. Um, and Southampton as well struggling. Obviously, apart from Danny Ings, who's been fantastic for you. Yeah. Uh, it could be a game that's down to who can take their chances. Yeah, I mean, we kind of know what your strengths are with um, Zaha and VAI mm-hmm. this season. And I think a lot of our strategy in the home game was to just kind of contain contain them. Um, yeah. With the squad as, as, as the way it, that it is, um, are there any weaknesses, do you think, that we can exploit? Yeah, I do. I, I think that... Um, I do think that we struggle... Um, we struggle at times with the turnover... Um, I, I know that when we go forward, it's especially when I, I mean Luka Milivojevic, our captain's obviously banned for this game. Uh, yeah. He will be banned for Southampton game because he got three match banned for a red card in the FA Cup game against Derby. Um, and uh, what tended what, what you tend to see in the midfield is Luka is meant to really kind of sit in as a, as a defensive midfielder, and he likes to drift up the pitch and attack. And we do leave space in behind the midfield, even when he doesn't play. Um, I've noticed we do like to leave some space because obviously MacArthur, um, Piate, McCarthy, all three of those players are very much box to box. I don't think one of either one of them are very much sitting midfielders. They like to get up and up and uh, up and down the pitch. Um, and help with attacks. So, and that's the way Rory likes to play. So, we are vulnerable to a counter attack. We do like to leave a bit of space in behind the midfield. Uh, you know, when we go forward, uh, and it's probably about how you use that space and, and quick counter attacks kill us at times. Um, we do have experience at the back, but not a lot of pace. So, obviously, getting that getting the ball out wide quickly is probably the the main weakness in the team. But I have to say that when we do get back and regroup, it, we are very, very solid. I think Cahill yeah. at the back is incredibly solid. He's been a leader for us this season. Amazing um, signing, in, in my opinion. And, um, yeah, really, it's just the turnover. Taking advantage of the turnover. Yeah, I think, Kev, I think we need to put Gineppo in a start, I think. Gineppo and Redmond off of both mm-hmm. wings to maybe have a go at them, maybe. But um, mm-hmm. is there anyone from Saints that you're particularly worried about? Uh, Danny's 100%. <laughs> Danny Ings, yeah. Um, obviously, as you mentioned in the reverse fixture, Martin Kelly gifted him a goal, but yeah. <laughs> I, I think that even so, I mean, he was obviously linked to the move to Palace before he went to Southampton, um, and I think at, the t- at that time, there was a lot of question marks, obviously, of his fitness, he's yeah. very injury prone, and uh, but he's showing this season, if he can stay fit, He's the goal scorer, you know. He can get those goals, and it's so valuable. It doesn't matter what level you're at. If you have a goal scorer in your team, you could leak goals. But having a goal scorer is just so crucial. Um, but it, it, not not just in terms of points, but morale. Um, you know, support from the fans. It gets the fans going. Having a goal scorer up top. Um, yeah, he's definitely I rate him very highly, but especially this season and what he's gone through with injuries to come back and get such, the goals have just been they're not just the, the the range of finishes, but it's like the, the clutch goals and they're massive in the situation. I think and been, he's been huge in terms of steering you out of trouble. Uh, not to say that 
I think that Palace uh, and Southampton can still get sucked into trouble if we're not careful, but <laughs> he's been massive for you. Yeah, I don't know where we'd be without his goals, if I'm honest. Um, score, can we get can we get a score prediction from you? Yeah, I mean, as I mentioned, I do think I don't think it'll be a high scoring affair. I think that it would definitely be down to the to the one goal. Um, I'm going to go one 0 Palace, and it sounds very boring, and I've got to be biased yeah. for Palace. Right, that's fine, absolutely. Uh, uh, but I can just see it, especially with a midweek game as well. They don't tend to be classics of the Tuesday night fixes. They tend to be a little bit. The tempo doesn't usually isn't usually there for the midweek games. It's probably not going to be a sellout crowd. You know things like that. It, it, it does affect the game. Yeah, very um, good point, but yeah. I can see us. I can see us squeaking through it. Um, whether it's RU scores it or not, I, I do think that our defence, especially at home. Our defence has been very good and kept. I think we're in the top six in terms of clean sheets kept as well. So our back four has been definitely the highlight of the season. Uh, and you, Kevin? What about you? Can I get a prediction? Um, again, our away form has been really good this season, and um, I don't know for what, what I've seen of Palace this season. Um, I mean, you've got a couple of games back to back in quick succession. Squad's a bit thin and tired, and yeah. Ings can't stop scoring. Um, Although, saying that, you're the only team in the last five games that we've had in the Premier League that we haven't managed to beat. But I still reckon that um, we'll, we'll have enough on the night to beat 2-1. Oh, interesting. Uh, it really could go either way. I do think it's going to be a very close mm. game. OK, well, with that being said, um, as I've said before, I think they're quite evenly matched. I think it's difficult to call. Mm. Um, and like, you know, if you pack that midfield out and stay, stay in shape at the back, I think it'll be extremely difficult for us to break you down. Um, yeah. We all know how good you know Zaha can be on the counter, as you've said, and are you can finish. You know, if we press and we're more energetic in the middle, then maybe we can force the mistake. And Ings doesn't need asking twice. But I think, I don't know. I think it's going to be a draw. I got one-one. I would say as well, just to add to that, I think that as I mentioned, defence is going to be key. I do think we have a better defence than Southampton um, yeah. right now. Um, and I also, but also on the flip side of that, we're very, very slow starters. I mean, I think in the first half of games, we only scored five goals this season. All oh, our wow, goals yeah. come in the second half. So it's all about if Southampton come out of the blocks firing and with that press that we all know about and a lot of energy, which, I, as I mentioned before, Tuesday night, it will take a lot of... It'll take a lot to get that sort of energy out of the players on a Tuesday night game. But if they, if they can do that and get a goal early, then all of a sudden, you know, I, I do think if it's level at half time, it will it will be more in Palace's favour um, because just because of our second half um, performances at home this season, and they've been very very good. So it's all going to be done to the first half, in my opinion. Wow. Okay. Wait. So we've got the full spectrum here. However, you've gone for a Palace win. Kev, you've gone for a Saints win, and I've gone for a draw. So really good yeah. go either way. <laughs> Um, okay, um, I did just want to want to ask because um, in in the home picture we saw that uh, you do have um, a good and long memory, um, and whenever Ward Prowse got the ball, <laughs> the Palace fans are all booing him. Um, <laughs> I guess that's because uh, you didn't feel too good about him getting uh, winding up Zahar and getting him sent off last season. So do you think that's going to carry on for the foreseeable future? Yeah, I think Maya, um, got, yeah. Maya got upset with him at one point, didn't he, at the uh, St Mary's? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Palace fans, we we, hold, we definitely hold a grudge. I think that's fair <laughs> to say. I think we remember, especially when players. I think because Zaha is one of the most, along with Jack Grealish, Zaha is one of the most foul players in the league. I think there's, and, and because we obviously I mentioned we rate him so highly, in ter- not just in Palace history, but I think in as in Premier League players right now, like, we rate him so highly. 
I think that we, we immediately go very, very defensive when whenever it's clear that a player's winding him up or trying to, you know, yeah. do little nibbly, niggly little fouls. You know, it, it, we, we do spot that and it, it does get the crowd going. Uh, equally, though, Zahara does get wound up a lot and that can go two ways. Normally, when he gets wound up, he, it can switch him into another gear and all of a sudden, I think it's happened away to Huddersfield a few times when last season, um, <laughs> away from home, he scored the winner after a lot of fans were giving him a stick. He, he started retaliate or like giving a mouthing some words to the fans in, in the home end and all of a sudden, five minutes later, he scores the winner. So, you know, it can send him into another gear, but equally, Ward Prowse is another example of how it can go the other way. And it, he can get himself in trouble with the referee if he's not careful. So, yeah, it's definitely a tactic, and I don't blame teams for doing it, but it can be so frustrating as hell <laughs> with seeing him yeah, getting sure. wound up like that. It's kind of like it's kind of like what um, happened with Ronaldo when he was at Man United. It was just he was the, one of the most fouled players in the league, obviously. And you know, if yeah, you pissed him off, and you got on his case, he'd come and score a hat trick against you or something. So, yeah, it could go either way. Yeah, exactly. I know. I totally agree. So, got a, a few kind of um, uh, frivolous questions for you. So, would you rather wear a Brighton shirt every day for five years, or sleep in a haunted house for ten? I'll oh, sleep in a haunted house for ten. <laughs> Straight away. There's no way I'd put a Brighton shirt on. It's, it's, it's one of those games as well. One of those teams that a lot of fans don't get it. The the, the sort of rivalry between Palace and Brighton and. That, that hatred, but it is genuine hatred. Like it is one of the most underrated I think rivals, so, yeah. I think, in the league. Um, people don't understand that it, it, it was a, it, it was born in the late seventies that the rivalry, but it was born off of anger and hatred. It was born off of an actual dislike between the two managers at the time, um, Alan Marlory, Terry, Terry Venables, you know. And then it's, it's carried on with the fan bases. So it is genuinely one of the most underrated, most hated rivalries uh, between two sets of fans. So, yeah, no way am I putting on a Brian's <laughs> I'm glad you said that because I was unaware of how, how fierce this rivalry was, to be honest. So I'm glad you've uh, educated me there. <laughs> um, no, no worries. If you could pick one Saints player to have in your current Crystal Palace setup, who are you going to pick and why? I, I don't want to be boring and, and again pick Danny Ings. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I'm trying to pick someone else. I do look, obviously we need a goal scorer, and I, I use doing it to a certain degree, but Danny Ings is doing it on another level. Um, if I had to pick another player though, um, I do, do like I do like Nathan Redmond. I know that he can be quite hit and miss, but I like do like him and what he can offer to a team, and especially <coughs> on sorry, excuse me, on the other wing, um, Townsend brilliant. He's been injured for a couple of months, as I mentioned, but he's been classed the last few years. But apart from him and Zahar, we've got literally no no cover in those positions. So I feel like Redmond is definitely a player that could start instead of Townsend or rotate with Townsend. And and he's quite similar in many ways to Townsend. He likes to cut inside um, and get strong foot. Just doesn't have a shot I, I, like I Townsend, though. I think Townsend's shooting. <laughs> wow. That goal we scored last season. Yeah, that one goal. That's all you need to say, that one goal. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah for sure. But I've always liked Nathan Redmond. I've always had this, even back in the championship days when he smashed a couple in against us when he played for Birmingham at a young age. I've always thought he's a very, very talented player. And um, yeah, he's, he's been, I think he's been quite good for Southampton over the years, for sure. He's been a standout. Okay, good answer. So, yeah, would you rather be twice the height of Peter Crouch or half the height of Lionel Messi? Wow. <laughs> uh, I'd probably say um, 
twice like Peter Crouch. I think <laughs> I'd rather be tall than small. Uh, I don't. I'm I'm fairly tall at the moment. I'm six one, six six two. So Same it's pretty. It's slightly above average. Um, but I'd much rather be taller. I think I, I can't imagine being that small. To be honest, I don't know how I how I live my life. <laughs> very very good answer, Harvey. <laughs> 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 um, do you have uh, any favourite fan chants that, that you like to sing at Selhurst Park? Fan chants? Oh, well, obviously, our supports, um, we, we got a lot of chants. Our supports are quite good, I'd like to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, um, I mean, the, the song, our, our song, Glad All Over, that we, obviously, the players walk out to, it's not really a chant, but it's been the club anthem for, for a good few decades now. I've always loved that. Um, I think that the lyrics is obviously a, it's a bit of a love a love song from like Dave Dave Clark in the in the sixties. Yeah, yeah. But um, the lyrics the lyrics apply beautifully to like a, a fan and his team. You know, our love will last now to the end of time because this love is only yours and mine. You know, the yeah. lyrics like that and and it and obviously it's quite an upbeat song and it's definitely a, you can relate to it as a fan. It, the, the lyrics are were very good for. A football club and the support and their supporters. Um, that's definitely a standout. I've always loved. It. I love hearing that the, the song come up, glad all over, and you know it's, it's definitely part of the atmosphere and going to a match day is massive. Um, uh, I love the ones that we we clap with our hands. Is whenever we play a team, we have personally really head clappers <laughs> when I go to away games and things like that. So you know, we're Crystal Palace. We clap with our hands. is quite a funny one. Uh, um, <laughs> That winds up some some people. It's quite funny. Uh, you know, I like the ones where you have a bit of banter with the fans. You know, and it's not and it's nothing where you're like obviously uh, cursing or something like. Yeah. That. It doesn't have to be like that, but you know, playful. You know, funny. Um, there's, there's loads I could talk about, but they're, they're, def- they're definitely a couple of highlights for me. Perfect. Mate, um, thank you so much for taking the time for us this evening. No worries. Thank you guys for having me. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I have. Apart- yeah. Sorry about the um. The technical issues. I think it's my internet. It usually is. One's experiencing it. Good. <laughs> but yeah. Um. Anyway, good luck for the rest of the season. Just not on Tuesday night. Yes. Thank you guys. Best of luck. Thank you. Thank you very much. Do cheers, good on, mate. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. <laughs> okay. Welcome to the extra time segment. Um. I'm going to start by asking you, Kevin, for your prediction for the Spurs game in the cup. If I may. Oh shit! Okay, I think Spurs gonna do it two nil. Okay, I've gone two one Spurs. So. Okay, yeah, Bruno will get his revenge. Mm, yes. Um, speaking of predictions, uh, the one that's just been the Wolves game, uh, both went for a one-one, so that ten-point gap remains intact. So forty-five thirty-five to you. Uh, Super six, the winner. Of round 34 was Andrew Knight with 12 points, and the overall lead Adam Darlington has broke the tie at the top and stands alone on 296. Uh, fantasy football, Kevin. Yeah, I'll start with my team. Um, a mere 36 points uh, before Liverpool kickoff. But again, my bench—they're they're scoring something rotten. I got 18 points off the bench. Grack Beelish, Grack Beelish, on the bench. Um, yeah, would have scored me 10 points. Uh, Troy already did, and Jimenez did. So at least some sort of solace out of that. And, and your team, Ray? 
Yeah, I don't, we don't need to talk about my team. I've seen. I've just seen. Um, I've got twelve points, Kev. Twelve. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How did that? Um, well, I've still got Wambasaka, Van Dyke, Anthony Martial to play, and I stupidly have left um, Rashford in the side, but he might not be playing. So yeah, and I had I, I put Alderweire out on the bench, and he scored seven points yesterday. Oh, I've got Chilwell and Vardy as well, but they're playing right now. So, and I've got both my captain and vice captain still to play. So, yes, I've got 12, but at the moment it looks bad, but it could be a lot more than that. It might even double. <laughs> we can only hope. Um, yeah, so it's no change at the top of our In That Number podcast fancy league. Uh, Steve McCulloch is top, Lucy Hynett second, Jamie Thorpe third, and the rest are all just struggling to keep up. I do have a Russian phrase. Yeah, what happened yesterday was we fucked it up. Prayebali. 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 Yes. Prayebali. And as the Wolves fans loved chanting yesterday, Dva Nol i Prayebali. Dva Nol i Prayebali. Dva Nol i Prayebali. 2 0, and we fucked it up. 2 0, and you fucked it up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thanks very much. Great note to end it on. Yeah. 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 Thanks. Yeah. I am going <laughs> to go and watch the Man United Liverpool game, and hopefully Man United can give them a good old fucking dick in. That'd be lovely. All right. Um. Great. I'll be off to the theatre. Yeah. You enjoy that. I'll be swearing at the television some more. Well, okay. <laughs> Tell me how that goes. <laughs> All right. Okay. Enjoy, mate. Um, yeah, and thank you very much. Thank you to William Porteous and Harvey Jones of Red and White. Sorry, Red and White. God, that was an instinct. Red and Blue site for joining us this week. Um, next week we'll be reviewing both Palace and Spurs games. So until then, up the Saints. Up the Saints. Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.